Inshallah, please move forward. Try your best not to keep any gaps in between. Sit as close as possible. If you need uh, some support, bring your chair close up, inshallah. Zakallah khairan. Sisters as well in the musalla, if you're here, some of those sisters, if we can inshallah sit also close together and listen with attentiveness inshallah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa hlul 'uqdatam min lisani yafqahu qawli subhanaka la 'ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana subhanaka la 'ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana subhanaka la 'ilma lana illa ma 'allamtana innaka antal 'alimul hakim Allahumma 'allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na ma 'allamtana wa zidna 'ilman wa 'amala Allahumma nawwir qulubana bi 'ilmika wa istamil abdanana li ta'atika wafiqna liman tuhibbu wa tarda min al-qawli wal-'amali wal-fi'li wal-niyyati wal-huda innaka 'ala kulli shay'in qadir amin rabbil 'alamin We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant all of us ikhlas, sincerity, deep understanding of whatever we share and we hear. We ask Allah azza wa jal to make whatever we share and we hear a proof for us, not against us. And may He enable us to immediately put into practice, share it with others. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us istiqamah, steadfastness. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all those etiquettes, etiquettes that are required to benefit from His book. And save us from any such action which would make us deprived from benefiting from His book. And we also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allow us to enter the study of the Qur'an with an open mind, open heart, knowing and with this conviction that all the solutions to the problems of the current, past and present, and of, of, at the level, the international level, a domestic level, and in our homes, all the solutions to those issues lies 100% in the deen, and in the teachings of Allah, and the Qur'anic verses, and in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, may he allow us to be able to find those answers and solutions for our issues. Ameen. <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this um, verses that we covered uh, in the last week, Allah azza wa mentioned what the disbelievers were asking, how come the um, Qur'an is not revealed collectively in one, set, in one shot, and the response was given that, no, this is the purpose of it is for the Qur'an to be present for you, to give you strength, and uh, to be uh, revealed at the right moment for your needs. And uh, it, it, it's far more effective when we study and when we uh, receive a revelation that is connected with the, uh, with the issues as at hand. And I give examples of how that lasts till today. That when you are going through an issue and you open up the ver- uh, Quran and you, any surah, and uh, with sincerity you will find something you will come across that really hits you, as long as you are reciting with tad- tadabbur, with focused concentration, you will find something in the book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that is extremely relevant to your situation. And you see, how did Allah how, how is this? So this is very powerful. That's why, mashallah, many times our Aima Allah reward them who lead salah here. They choose uh, verses of the Quran that are very relevant to what's happening at the moment. And so it, it, it is um, very powerful for those who know what is being recited. Mm, and, and of course, know obviously what's happening in the news and what's happening in the world. Can link it up and see the connection of that. And so this is one of the intentions we should also make of learning the language of the Quran. So a day comes inshallah where we're able to also follow along, especially for our younger generation who are studying two, three, four majors and they keep on also changing the majors and they also get multiple masters. Alhamdulillah, so many different things they're up to. 
But if we simply as young 20 year olds make this niyyah that I also part of my studies, I want to focus on learning the Arabic language, the language of the Quran. And so that by the time I am 23, 24, etc., that I can understand the Quran being recited. This is not a very hard uh, you know, goal, basic level of Arabic where you can understand, as they say, mota mota tarjuma, you know, the very basic translation of the Quran. Um, we're not talking about the ability to do tafsir and, 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 and uh, uh, to have a deep insight. Just simple tarjama. It's something very doable if we simply make intention of that. And so then you'll be able to enjoy wherever the Quran. Today's Isha also, mashallah, so beautiful, alhamdulillah. You'll be able to understand what was being recited, why it's being recited, how it's connected to um, you know, the situations. I know in the haram also, many times the aima. They will recite verses, for example, based on the weather. Sometimes it's raining, so they will recite all the verses of the Quran related to rain. Sometimes windy, they'll recite regarding the wind. Sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's hot. Based on that situation, they recite. And so a person who understands it will be able to truly um, you know, in, enjoy, enjoy that. And, uh, uh, and then this reminds me of the statement of Umar radiallahu anhu, where he said, تَعَلَّمُوا الْعَرَبِيَّةَ Learn the Arabic language. فَإِنَّهَا تُثَبِّتُ الْعَقْلَ وَتَزِيدُ فِي الْمُرُوءَةِ Because it will uh, strengthen your intelligence. تُثَبِّتْ It will make your intelligence firm and strong. And in terms of your own character and akhlaq and your dealings with one another, you will improve. There's a statement of Umar radiallahu anhu speaking to obviously the Arabs as well as the non-Arabs that learn the Arabic language. When a person learns the Arabic language with the niyyah of benefiting from the Qur'an, not learning the Arabic language to for some other reason, but rather learning the Arabic language to benefit from the Qur'an, this will have an impact on us, inshaAllah, on making us stronger, better believers. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentioned to Allah Rasul, uh, to, the, to the Muslims and non-Muslims that the way the Qur'an is revealed is, on per- is, is intentionally done so that uh, <coughs> people can receive something based on what they are um, uh, what they are uh, uh, going through. And one thing I also may have mentioned last week, just because the Quran is revealed based on the circumstances does not mean now when you read it, there's no connection. There is deep connection. This is part of the um, sciences of the Quran. You're going to get, inshallah, a glimpse of this Saturday morning. In the workshop that we have here for all of you, open to everyone. No, you know, there's no registration cost, or anything of that sort. Open to the whole community. Quran. How is the Quran a mu'jiza in America? This is it is a, a huge science, and so from amongst the many different wujuh and ways that it is proven that the Quran is mu'jiz, that it's a miracle, and that it is not replicable. Mu'jiz means not replicable is that there is an entire massive sub-science dedicated to studying the connection between the verses of the Qur'an. Right? A whole science. I've shared this with you before. In just in our, our library here, there are books, voluminous books. Some of them number about 25 to 30 volumes dedicated on one thing. What is that? The connection between one verse and the other. Allama Bukai rahmatullahi alayhi's book, Navmud Durar fi Tanasib al-Ayati wa Sugar, is focused on just this. Not the different qiraat, not the different fiqhi ahkam, not the, uh, you know, the, different, the differences of opinion on how ulama have um, uh, you know, extrapolated different things. No, 
the connection between one verse to the other. Connection between one verse to the other. 25, 30 volumes. Right? Just think, what, what is that sitting for? Unfortunately, for like really reality, Allah forgive us, I just took some ulama just the other yesterday to tour in the library. And they were saying, what was, look at the era where the ulama wrote. They wrote and wrote and wrote. They didn't leave anything untouched. And today we don't have the tawfiq to read. No, we don't have tawfiq to even look. We don't have tawfiq to just pick up the book, flip through it, kiss it, and put it back. Say, Ya Allah, this is your ilm. This is one day, Ya Allah, give me the tawfiq to study this. You know, that's, that's something we should do. It's a spiritual exercise to go sit and be awestruck by the books that are written on our deen. By the ulama, especially in the Quran. That how is this one simple book that I, ca- I carry in my pocket or I have downloaded on my what's on my phone? What to what degree the ulama have written on this? How have the ulama written so much on it? Because there is so much, it's endless. And right now, as we speak, there are probably hundreds of masters and PhD theses being written on different aspects of the Quran across the globe. And there are hundreds. I remember Mufti Sayyid Paranpuri, Rahmatullahi Alayhi Rahmatullah, the Shaykh al Hadith of Darlum Dioban for decades, and, 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 and this scholar of Hadith for decades and decades who came here multiple times. His wife passed away. So then people you know, said, Hazrat, you know, you have, it's old age, it'd be nice to have someone to, to give, give you company. Why don't you, you know, get married again? And he said, No, Mentha Shadi Kali, I've already married. Acha, you've already married again, SubhanAllah, we weren't aware of it. He said, no, I'm married. Again, who did you, where, where, who did you get married to? He says, I married the Quran now. Before I die, I want to make sure I write a tafsir. And so he dedicated his last years of his life, because he was a teacher of hadith and, and many other things, but the last years of his life he dedicated to writing a tafsir. So what I'm trying to say is, this is this burning desire that the people, the ushak of the Quran have, that I want to be able to get into it. Mulana Suleiman Mullah, one of our asatidah. If you can listen to him online. But uh, I, when I, this past year when we went with our students to Africa, to, and I requested him to share some words, um, it, it was a sight to see. It's a sight to see. He was just sitting in the mess hall, mess hall, the kitchen. Where we, the cafeteria where students finished eating and, the, and the, uh, the workers were finishing cleaning up the the, 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 you know, the aftermath of the 600 students eating lunch so they're sweeping the floor picking up the bones and the you know the qabrastan murghiyonka qabrastan you know it's a graveyard of the, of the chickens and uh, all the plates and stuff huge massive cleaning up but we didn't have a spot to sit like he's like okay you all are here let's just sit here because I gotta go we don't want to go sit in another classroom we sat there, not the necessarily the most conducive environment, but he started. I grabbed him a chair and he started. And it was a sight to, 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 to behold. Subhanallah. He was just speaking about tafsir. He was speaking about specifically Bayan al Quran and Munash Faritanwi, Rahmatullah. Tafsir of Munash Faritanwi, Rahmatullah. But as he was speaking, you could see he was, not only was he saying it, but he was going through it. It's what we call wajd or a hal. Right, a specific spiritual ecstasy. Not only was he saying that I'm going through this, but you could see he was twitching. He was his 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 hands and feet were shaking. His eyes were you know you know popping out. He was just so into it, and he, it seemed like he was just gonna burst out of excitement of the Quran. And as he was speaking to us, he was saying this exactly what I go through. But not only did he say it, we saw it happening. That his passion for Quran and his passion. To deliver the message of the Quran to people who don't understand Arabic and unfortunately, unfortunately, who don't care either was, was something that you felt like 
it, w- it, w- it was going to really get to him. And he said, sometimes like, I'll, I'll literally at night, I will just, st- I can't fall asleep. What am I doing? Swaying from side to side, just pondering over a verse. Just amazed that Allah said this in the Quran. And amazed at reading what a scholar, how deep down he went in and pulled out a gem. Right? Pulled out a pearl from the ocean. And you're looking at it and say, man, w- what do I do? How do I compare what I just caught today, what I caught last night, what, it was, what I'm looking forward to tomorrow? And, and, and then the fact that the, ex- the, the, feel, the knowledge, that the enjoyment that you're getting from the Quran, unfortunately, 99.99% of the ummah is just not going to feel it. So that, that creates a frustration. Right? That creates a, a frustration. Like, how do I make you all understand that? Subhanallah. And so this is exactly what the Qur'an does to you. That's what I'm trying to say. Once a person starts studying the language of the Qur'an and starts spending time with the books, it will create within you, inshaAllah, this level of ishq and love of the Qur'an where then you will be forced to want to go share this with others. And then if you don't see appreciation, it will make you very sad. Because it's... And now imagine we are 1500 year old later, ummatis who are born not from Quraysh, who are not from the family of Rasulullah, whose forefathers were Hindus or Sikhs or something else, and who live in a non-Muslim country surrounded by kufr. But yet, if you were to study even a couple years of this language and the Qur'an, it will create within you excitement. Imagine, and the desire to share, imagine what must be the condition of the heart of Rasulullah wasallam, who actually received this revelation, who had full depth and deep understanding of the Qur'an like no other person. Imagine, now this thought's coming to me right now, is that imagine how much desire he had that the gift of Allah that he received and understood how much he must have desired that every single person, including every disbeliever, should understand that. Now it makes sense. Why Rasulullah had to be consoled and held back by Allah by saying that that you may end up killing yourself over the fact that these people are not accepting your message. Rasulullah was burning up inside with this desire that people should understand the Quran and not just for uh, you know, intellectual in, uh, you know, inquisitiveness. No, no, no. Because in it lies our salvation. That if you have this, you're going to be safe from the, uh, the eternal fire of Jahannam. And if you have this, you're going to have a wonderful life on earth. And if you don't have it, you're going to suffer. Not only in this world, but the great suffering of the hereafter. Now you understand every single Nabi, why, especially Rasulullah why they were so desirous of their ummah seeing what they saw. And the ummah simply just couldn't get it. So if a person walks in the manhaj of Nubuwa, in the nahaj of Nubuwa, walks in the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, studying the Qur'an, studying Rasulullah sunnah, and also, also inculcating within himself the sifat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi the sifat, which is part of the big sifat is love for the ummah, then you and I will also go through the same thing. You and I will also will be bubbling over with excitement and at the same time concern about our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters who are far away from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this chaska and this love of the Qur'an. Right? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the love of this language. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a deep understanding of, of these beautiful gems of the Qur'an. If a person says, no, I'm 50 years old, 60 years old, should I start taking Arabic class? Honestly speaking, no. 
In my opinion, no. Right now, there are enough books written in Urdu, <coughs> enough books written in English. <coughs> you start studying those, reading that, and go through the translation. Because the language, learning a new language, especially Arabic, one of the most challenging, challenging languages of the world, the amount of time it will t- take for you to learn it, in that time you could have read many books of tafsir. So, I mean, it can happen. I don't want to completely discourage someone, but you know, we have to make the best um, uh, return on our investment. Uh, not everyone is the same advice for everyone. There are people, different people with unique capabilities. There are people in their six, age of 65, they start memorization of Quran. And by the time they're 70, they finish. Alhamdulillah. There's people like that as well. So, <clears throat> I don't want to um, d- you know, discourage anyone. But generally speaking, because sometimes people get excited and then they say, I want to start learning Arabic. And two weeks in, they realize that this is way too hard. And then they get disappointed and they get disgruntled and they get, you know, mayus and, and everything else. No, then why are you going in that direction? Instead, pick up Ma'arif al Quran in Urdu, Ma'arif al Quran in English, <clears throat> and start reading from there, Tafsir ibn Kathir, right? And other tafsir that are written in English and Urdu. Start from that. And of course, go through. And those who know Arabic, mashallah, start reading, start reading in Arabic. And eventually, you'll start developing uh, a true love. For, Allah, for, the, for the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there are many tafasir, audio, you can't have time to read. Start listening, tartibwar, you know, lesson after lesson, tafsir of the Quran that is done by so many different ulama. Uh, listen to those. And inshallah, ta'ala, this will create within us this similar type of attachment to the Quran. Ayat 35, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now consoles the Prophet sallallahu in a different manner. And he says, وَلَقَدْ مُسَ الْكِتَابِ that indeed, truly, we have given Musa alayhi salam al-kitab, the book of the Torah before you. And along with him, we appointed his brother Harun as a minister. Then we said to them, go forth, both of you, to the people of the Pharaoh who have denied our signs. Thus we demolished them and demolished them utterly. Moreover, remember the people of Nuh. When they denied the divine mandate of Allah's messengers, what did we do to them? We drowned them. Thus we made them a sign of forewarning for all of humanity. Yet we have prepared for the wrongdoers who deny the messengers and are godless in heart. We have prepared for them, not just drowning, a more painful torment in the hereafter that will shall come to them after their death over here. And remember the people of Ad and Thamud. And the dwellers of the water pit, the dwellers of the well, Ar-Ras. And many generations between them. Thus, for each of these communities, we have set forth revealed examples of forewarning as well as destruction. We've given examples through these nations, how we forewarned them. Some of them believed, some of them didn't believe. And those who didn't believe, we destroyed them. Then each we shattered to bits. Tabarna, tabara is to shatter. Tatbira is an additional emphasis. Tabarna tatbira, to each we shattered to bits for the unbelief, shattering them utterly. And very truly, the Meccans have themselves atau to come across. They have come upon al qarya, the town, but there's no left, there's no town left, meaning the trace of the town. Which town? The town of Sodom. that an evil rain was showered upon them. <clears throat> Why was it evil? 
<coughs> because it was with stones. It was not a normal rain. It was a rainfall of stones. أَفَلَمْ يَكُونُوا يَرَوْنَهَا Have they not then seen this destruction? Didn't they see it? I guess not. بَلْ كَانُوا لَا يَرْجُونَ نُشُرًا No, they didn't see it. They saw it but they, because if you don't see and you don't learn a lesson, if you see and you don't learn a lesson, it's as though you haven't seen. بَلْ كَانُوا لَا يَرْجُونَ نُشُرًا On the contrary, actually, the reason they're not taking heed from all of this is because they do not anticipate any resurrection on the Day of Judgment. They don't anticipate meeting of Allah. وَإِذَا رَأَوْكَ Therefore, when they see you, O Prophet ﷺ, when the disbelievers see you, إِنْ يَتَّخِذُونَكَ إِلَّا هُزُوَا In is in the meaning of negation. They don't take you anything. They don't, they don't treat you in any manner. إِلَّا هُزُوَا as, But as a huzua as a mockery. The only way they look at you, the only way they speak with you, the only way they listen is with in the intention of making a mockery out of you. And what did they say? Mockery. Oh, is this the one who Allah has sent forth as a messenger? Indeed, inkada means he was almost, he was so close to. Layudilluna was very nearly led us astray from our gods. You know, not guide us away from our gods. No, he almost led us astray to Allah by taking us away from our false gods. Not false, they're the, they're the true ones according to them. Alhamdulillah, as though I'm adding sarcastically, that had it not been that we adhered patiently, we had to do sabr. He was pulling us away towards Allah. And pulling us away towards Tawheed, we fought back. And we remained patient and strong on, our, on these gods. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But they shall soon know who was on the right path, who was on the wrong path, who was trying to mislead someone, and who was trying to lead someone to the right path. When will they soon find out? But they shall know when they see the torment. To see. When they see the torment, they shall know who is furthest astray from Allah's way. So let's start from this ayah now, 35. Allah Azza wa Jal in this ayah here is mentioning that previously yesterday, <coughs> to yesterday or oh, last week we talked about how every single prophet has enemies you remember that every single prophet has enemies so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying here that it should not be a surprise that every prophet you're not the only one who is faced with enmity every prophet because the prophet comes to stop injustice and to stop people from following their desires and people who follow their desires and are in unjust out there are in hundreds and thousands and millions. So when they come, what happens? The people of justice, the people of Hawa, they hate them. Because now, they're not going to be able to follow the deen. So anytime people who follow desires see a prophet coming, they hate it. Ya, ya Rasulullah, you're not alone. Musa alayhi salam, he had, to, he had to face the same thing. We gave him the book, Torah, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Instead, he knew that he's tasked with speaking to Fir'aun and his nation. It's not going to be easy. So he, even though he's a prophet and he trusts Allah, but he said, Ya Allah, يَرِدْ Oh Allah, please send my brother Harun with me. Send him as a, as a wazir, as an assistant. He is more eloquent in speech than I am. At least he can stand up next to me and say, Hey Fir'aun, 
my brother is speaking the truth. Yusaddiquni, he can at least say, I'm speaking the truth. Otherwise, I'm alone. So, he's a Nabi. Kalimullah. But he's saying, the task I've been given is very hard. It's a very tough, tough task. And so that's why I need assistance. So, Nabi, Ya Nabi Allah, Muhammad Wasallam, you're not alone in feeling overwhelmed. It's, it's completely acceptable and understandable that you feel the task at hand is huge. Nabi Musa also asked for reinforcements. Take him. And so that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now said, Ifhaba il qom, both of you go. Oh Musa, you go as a prophet. Harun, you go as his wazir. Go where? Go to Fir'aun. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about Fir'aun's nation and Fir'aun. How does he describe them? To the, as the people who have denied our signs. When Fir'aun didn't just deny the signs, he claimed divinity himself. Yes? He claimed to be God. It's much graver sin than simply belying God's signs. But this is called Irkha'ul Anan. We kind of alluded to it last week. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He always keeps the door open for people to repent. If you remember, we spoke about this. That even the harshest of people, there's no one harsher than Fir'aun, an enemy against Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told in that same verses of Surah Taha to Musa and Harun, that Speak to him in a soft manner. So that he may take heed, or he may become afraid of Allah's punishment. Allah knows in his infinite knowledge what Fir'aun is not going to take any heed. But he wants all of us to learn that softness is the way to go. I said this last week as well. Because you already have a big problem. There's a man who is following his desires. And now you're telling him, you can no longer worship these idols. You can no longer worship your own self. I need you to change. To make that U-turn, it's not an 18-wheeler truck. It's like a whole oil tanker. And you're trying to make, a, make it to do a U-turn. That's hard enough. And now you want to whip him? You want to get mad at him? You want to scream at him? You want to debase him? You want to mock his intelligence? That is only going to make the job even more difficult. Right? We have to know that you don't treat stubbornness with stubbornness. Oh, you might say your own son or daughter is being stubborn. You cannot deal with stubbornness. Someone says, I'm not going to do it. Okay, back off. This is not the time. You have to know how to deal with the situation. Like I give an example of someone who wants to jump off a, Allah forbid, a bridge. Right? He's in that special situation, going through depression and whatnot. He wants to jump off a bridge. So this is not the time to say, hey, if you want to jump, go jump. I'll, you know, I don't care. You, that's, you're angry. Why are you acting like this? But this is not the way to speak. You have to learn how to de-escalate the situation and bring him off the bridge. Then later on, you do whatever you need to do. But right now is not the situation to do that. This person is not stable. So when a person is ziddi, stubborn, says, I don't want to listen. We need to know how to deal with our spouses when they become stubborn. Our spouses should know how to deal with us when we become stubborn. Don't deal with stubbornness. Don't attack stubbornness with stubbornness. It will fail. And, the, and you, no matter whatever situation you're dealing with, no one is like Fir'aun. Yes? No one is like Fir'aun. The famous story where, where, where a uh, king, one of the Amir al-Mu'mineens or one of the Khulafa, he asked one of the scholars of the court to come give, uh, give advice. He said, come give advice. So he came, the Alim Saab came to give advice. But sometimes they have ilm and they don't have hikmah. You know, Allah protect us from such scholars who have ilm and don't have hikmah. They can really cause a lot of damage. So 
he, he went on and he started speaking to the, the king in a very harsh manner, advising him. So then uh, the king uh, told him, take it easy. I understand you're trying to advise me and whatnot, but take it easy. Because Allah, and so the kings of that time also very knowledgeable. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a man or men, two men, who were far superior than you. You're a scholar, but they were what? Prophets. To someone who was far worse than me, Fir'aun. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told his prophets, speak to him softly. So why are you being harsh with me? So he, sp- he spoke to who? He spoke to the pr- prophets who are far superior than you. I don't care how knowledgeable you are. You, you, you and I, what are we compared to the sahaba? To? Not sahaba. To the prophets. Zero. And how ba- however bad I am, I'm still a believer. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Nowhere near Fir'aun. So take it easy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keeps the option open for anyone who says, you know what, I want to turn back. Allah doesn't want to close the doors. So that's why, even in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say, go to that king who thinks he's a god himself and who is trying to steal divinity from me. He could have said that, but he didn't. He said, go to those group of people who have belied my signs. That includes Fir'aun. But this is a notch down from calling him out. Because right now, it's a decision of, uh, this is the opportunity for us to engage. When you're engaging people, you don't want to sit there and paint them as a br- with a brush of being evil. These are akhlaq that we need to learn from the Qur'an. I said last week as well, the ulama say that the Qur'an is, teaches us how to, how to what? Who remembers? How to teach. The Qur'an teaches us how to teach. That you have to take it step by step. And you cannot go all out. You have to lead people step by step. You cannot offload all of it in one, suddenly. Just like the Qur'an was not offloaded onto the ummah suddenly, we cannot offload every single thing together. It has to be spaced out. Bit by bit as they get ready. One uh, story came to mind discussing how when prophets come, anyone who, uh, who is following his desires <clears throat> and is, is, is doing injustice, like what was happening in Makkah before Rasulullah came, what was happening to the rights of women? The women were being inherited, right? Wives were being, in, the mothers were being inherited. Um, and of course, uh, uh, the, there, was no, there was no concept of them having any rights over property. They had become, they were treated like property. Uh, <clears throat> inheritance was usurped from them. Children, women, weaklings, all were being oppressed. And who, basically, the, whoever has the might wins. Like you're seeing happening today in the world. That was the same type of environment. Whoever is might, whoever is more powerful and strong, he wins. So when the Prophet comes, he says, no, no, no. Truth must prevail, not the physical strength. People are going to hate that. So it reminded me that um, when, I, when I was studying Pakistan, some of my classmates were telling me about the experiences they had when they would go into some very remote provinces of Pakistan in Jamaat. And one of my classmates, he told me, uh, he said, he went, he went to, I think, I, I don't remember where, maybe it was uh, Rajasthan, or, uh, no, sorry, it was Sin, somewhere, as far away in Sin, somewhere. He said, when they went to some area, besides being extremely hot, uh, you know, 120 degrees, etc., there's no water, there's no water for miles, people have to go get it from wells. And he said, as they were going to, to, the, to the town, um, someone came uh, running after, someone came from the village to see who it was, and said, oh, there's brothers in Tabligh coming. So he went, he, he, was, he, he went back on a motorcycle to the town, gathered everyone together, 
And he said, literally, it's like, you know, 115, 120 degree temperature, and they're walking. It's a pedal jamaat, walking jamaat. As you are aware, Pakistan have these walking jamaat from, from one side to the other, hundreds of them. Many times there are people in their 80s and 90s age. So uh, he said, when we arrive there, they said, nope, you will not allow you to enter. Will not allow you to enter. Forget about staying in the masjid. It's a hot summer day. They did not even allow them to drink from the well of the town. Right? Muslims, all Muslim names. They have a masjid there. Everything. He says, no, we cannot allow you to drink from here. And they literally forced them out. And that my own classmate told me, subhanAllah, he said, as we were forced to leave the other end of the town, what happened? They got pelted with stones. He said, all the kids came, they literally started taking stones and started pelting us. So he said, as though we were in pain, probably even, possibly even bleeding, but he said, we are crying tears of joy how Allah used us to revive the sunnah of Rasulullah in Ta'if. That how many other people can say that only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they went to go invite people towards deen, and who even Muslims, that they got pelted with stones. Now why this level of animosity? The reason is, because these villages are controlled by deviant people. These are these deviant you know, groups with deviant sheikhs and whatnot who make money. And so they'll come to this town and this, these are things that would happen. They'll come once a year and they say, Ajah, come together. You have to, every single house that wants a zabiha knife must bring their knife, butcher knife here and we're going to recite the duas on it. And you have to give your yearly 500 rupee dues. 500 rupees. So imagine all the villagers, bichara miskin, are bringing their knives for this uh, you know, corrupt scholar or fake scholar to sit there and read the tasmiyah, blow it, good to go for the next year. Give me your 500 rupees. Alright, next, like this. So they will never teach them tasmiyah, never say how to slaughter an animal. And obviously if you teach, if you do blow in a knife like this also, by the way, just want to set the record, doesn't make it halal, right? You can't just sit there, just take a knife and start slaughtering because someone did tasmiyah on that. And someone read that, someone read bismillah on it. <clears throat> he said that's what they would do. And then these corrupt people would come and they would say, anyone who doesn't have, uh, anyone who, had any, any, who doesn't have uh, like children, etc. Say, oh, come, we'll read dua on you. And you can imagine how the story goes, what would happen. Sit in seclusion with the women and say, we're reading duas on them, etc. Lots of horrible things. So literally, we would say, when these brothers would come of, of da'wah and tabliq and say what? La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and teach them. Kya hoti? In sab ki dukaan band ho jati. Seedhi, seedhi baat. These guys who run the show, aada yughlaq ad-dakakin. Right, dukan, the kasb, the way they're making their money is gonna, you have to sh- close shop because the awamun nas, the community, who are you? We don't need you. This is all, this is all wrong stuff. We've learned the tasmiyah, we learn surah fatiha, we learn salah, we learn everything, we, do it. We, don't, we don't need anything, we'll do it ourselves. And by the way, this is not how things work. They won't teach people how to pray, they won't teach them to do anything. It's a money making business. Another teacher of ours, Mawlana Chuksi Sahib, he said one day, an alim went to another bidati, you know, innovator, a scholar. And who was, as is the case, misleads, if you know in India, Pakistan, and other parts of the world too, they have this grave worshipping, and they have all sorts of crazy, crazy things happen. And it's all about money, money, money. Before you go to the grave, you have to buy flowers, you have to buy this, you have to buy that, and it's lots, and the people, for those of you who don't know, for the youth who have never seen, it's, it's shocking, it's crazier than you can imagine. You actually see people doing proper, proper sajda. Here in the masjid, you might see, you know, they make long, long, long sajda. Five minute long sajda. Long sajda to the grave. It's shocking. I went and I saw it myself. Couldn't believe it. Astaghfirullah. We pray like some of the qabrs are in the masjid. So I, you know, we pray Asr Salah 
And then, like a proper normal salah at Asr. Great salah. And after Asr, everyone's going. I said, by where is everyone going? By Dargah They're going to the, you know, the grave. So I said, I gotta see what this is. So right after we finish Asr, go follow, or any salah for that matter, they go right to the grave of a sheikh. Isn't he? The sheikh never asked anyone to do this. Must have been a pious, righteous scholar, no problem. But all these same people who are praying, or doing salah with us, they go there and literally they bow down, not bow down, go all the way down in sujood and begging and crying at the grave. Inna Allahu Rajiyah. No one there to teach them. Why? Because they call them sajada nashin. Our uncles here know this very well. This, it's, it's, it's like, a, you don't have medallions, taxi medallions and other things like, you know, licensing. They have licenses for these dargahs. So they're making tons of money. They actually even sometimes they lease it out. Lease out a grave. Lease out the grave. It's millions they make. Millions. So one scholar, he went to go meet a Bidati scholar who is misleading the people, like they continue to do so all over the globe, all over, in Africa too. Look what, go read so much bid'at and so much wrong things happening. And then these, uh, even BBC, it's so bad, BBC even reported about it. Uh, these so, so-called fake Quran healers. I don't know if you read about it. It's a very, very disturbing article. Astaghfirullah. It's black magic and this and that and sexual abuse and so forth in the name of Quranic healings. Horrible. Lots of stuff of this happening all over the world in the name of Islam. It's not just Indo-Pak. All over. So... He went and told that scholar, he said, you know better. You, come on, let's just, let's, there's no one watching us, me and you, let's speak. What is this man? You're misleading the people. You know, why are you doing this? So I still remember Mona Chuksi Sahib. <laughs> he leaned back and he said, the Mona Sahib, he started slapping his stomach. He said, He's like, what should I do? This is the issue of my stomach, meaning money. I know it's wrong, but... You know, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta pay the bills, buy the motorcycle, have a inter, uh, you know, buy a new house, this, that. So it pays the bills. Bid'ah pays the bills. Innovation pays the bills. So it's not just happening overseas. It's happening in this country as well. Don't think bid'ah is just uh, worshipping a grave. There's many forms of bid'ah out there. Anything that's different from the sunnah of Rasulullah is a bid'ah. Don't just think adding to deen is bid'ah. Also subtracting from the deen is also bid'ah. Anything that's part of the deen, you took it out. Or added something that's in it. And there's money, fame, and name attached to it. That's gonna, that's gonna, you understand how it works. So a lot of stuff that's going on today, you might sit down afterwards and say, Shaykh, but I don't understand this. There are scholars who are doing this. I don't understand this. Well, now you, need to, you have the answer. It goes back to money. Right? A lot of it goes back to money. Whatever. It's the same stuff that's happening overseas is happening over here. Money is, is, is what we're all connected with. Whatever sells. Why do you, why do you think this is sometimes, this, not sometimes, many times, it's Muslims in Muslim countries who steal, who cheat, who run the entire drug business. Who's running the drug business in Pakistan? Who's running the drug business in Syria? Is it Yahud? Everything we like to blame on the Yahud, right? I remember one of the Ustads, he said, by our problem is if ek machli, dusse machli ke saath, samandar ke teh mein lade, to okay, ye bhi Yahud ka kaam hai isme. You know? He said, one, one fish fights with another fish. I know this is nothing to do with the circumstances now. I'm just, just, just sharing with you. One fish fighting with another fish at the bottom of the ocean, they say this is blaming on the Yahud. Meaning, start taking responsibility yourself for your own problems. Stop trying to look for scapegoats. Because that's our mentality. Anytime. There are some issues, yes, that Kufar, Yahud, Nasara are definitely responsible for. But not every single problem in our house, is, we can blame it on, on them. So... What happens? Why, is it, why are Muslims running the drug business in Pakistan or in India? Why are, or wherever else? Why are they doing stuff? At the end of the day, it comes down to money. So this is how dangerous this is. When you blindly follow money, subhanAllah, everything goes down the drain. This, this whole idea came to me of the hatred. Some people say there's so many misunderstandings with the effort of da'wah and tabliq across the globe. 
especially in, 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 in certain places. Why is that hatred? Hatred, hatred. It's because someone's dukan is closing. Right? Someone who is a preaching something else, when you teach the people and you educate them that Allah is the one who d- does and not none of this other nonsense, then those people have to close shop and leave. So they're the ones who are going to write all the fatwas. And they're the ones who are going to motivate the people. Why, why do you see what's happening in the... Um, you know, uh, in, in, in the Middle East, in many countries, why recently, the past couple of years, there was a huge strong ban in 40 years ago, and then a renewal of that. Why? What's the problem? You know it's a completely apolitical thing. Completely apolitical. We have, we're never involved in politics. But what was the purpose? It's because it will create an awakening where people will start seeing right as right, falsehood as falsehood. And then they will want to say, eh, this, is not, this doesn't smell right. Why, why are we doing this? So as soon as you create an awakening within people, then certain people who have power are afraid they're going to lose the power. It's simple as that. So now you, have, you go all out and say you have to give a... You have, they were, I, I know one person, subhanAllah, he told me his father-in-law was an imam for decades in a masjid. And um, they came to him and said, uh, you know, you have to read out the official khutbah that's been sent by the higher-ups. And the entire khutbah was written in Arabic, of course. All the khatibs had to give an entire khutbah on how the effort of da'wah and tabliq is. Of course, they're not going to say it's bad, right? They call it bid'ah. Right? This is bid'ah. Like they, like they actually care about bid'ah, right? So they give a whole thing. So he realized this is, this is what, what's going on. I'm, we're being used. I'm being manipulated. So he, uh, he, 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 he was sick. He became sick or whatever. He acted sick and he didn't show up. And subhanAllah, then the next, next couple months again, they said, okay, you have to read the, say the khutbah. And this time, the police came and said, listen, if you don't, right, right the next day or same day, we're going to pack up your bags, even though you've been here for decades, we're going to send you back. Either imprisonment or send you, deport you for good, right? So maybe many of you don't know about this type of stuff, but if it's there, it's, it's, it's all written clearly. Written. You understand why is this mukhalifa coming? My point, I'm trying to tell you, beloved brothers and sisters, is understand that when you do something right, expect mukhalifa, expect retaliation. Don't think that. But everyone, uh, there's a lot of people saying a lot of fatwas. There's a lot of a lot of opinions out there on Twitter, etc., about X Y Z thing being wrong. Okay, let's, let's go study the issue. Let's sit with the scholar and study it. Don't jump on the bandwagon of calling things bid'ah and kufr just because people are saying it. Because you do not know what ulterior motives are behind all of these fatwas. Honest, honestly. And second point we learn here is the way there's bid'ah in other parts of the world, there's bid'ah over here as well. And it's connected to money as well. So we have to stay, uh, stay away from any and all forms of innovations and, and then ask Allah, Ya Allah, allow me to be able to see the truth as the truth and enable me to follow it. Allow me false, to see falsehood as falsehood and enab- enable me to stay away from it. Allahumma arina haqqa haqqa warzuqna qtiba'a wa arina al-baatila baatila warzuqna ishtinaba. Fadammannahum tadmira When they are not going to listen to, to Musa alayhi opinion, or Musa alayhi advice and Harun alayhi advice, then we, we definitely will demolish them and have already demolished them. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after Nuh salam, after Musa salam, mentions Nuh salam's story. And he says, <coughs> Why Nuh salam? Because <coughs> Musa salam, he was faced with a man who claimed to be God. That was a tough, tough one. Oh Rasulullah, you're not dealing with that. And Nuh alayhi salam, he had to deal with over nine centuries. Like, right? A whole millennium. You're not dealing with that. You have a 63 years of age. See? Every single prophet had a very unique type of circumstance. 
he is dealing with someone who claims to be God. And Nuh was dealing with someone, <clears throat> not someone, with a group of people that have long lives. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave him a very, very long life. So they had very unique <clears throat> circumstances and, t- and challenges. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions what happened to him when when they denied Allah's messengers. How many messengers were sent at the time of Nuh? More than one? No. It was Nuh But why is there messengers? Plural has been mentioned. It's because when you deny one messenger, it's as though you're denying all the messengers because the message of all the messengers is the same. The message of all the messengers is the same. So those who deny in Rasulullah, they're also belying Musa and Isa wasalam. If we look at Nuh story, read Surah Nuh, read Surah Nuh, powerful, powerful story of, um, uh, uh, you know, Nuh is can be found in the 29th Juz. Just listening to it, you're going through the translation, it will bring tears to your eyes of how much suffering Nuh went through, how much difficulty, right? So, and to what extent he went out to invite these people towards the deen and to what extent they decided to, what's that? Put fingers into the ears, put their thobe or shirt on top of their face. So we don't want to see your face. We don't want to even accidentally listen to what you've got to say. Another thing, Nuh story is, is also a powerful lesson, is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when it comes to the prophets, their lineage or bunuwa, meaning son, uh, who their lineage runs from, is not based on blood. It's based on them following the message or not. Nuh had children. And he asked, he had a child, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow his son to board the boat with him. Or he asked himself, Irkamana, <coughs> come board the ship with us, the ark with us. <laughs> Do not become from amongst the disbelievers. And he responded, Jabal, I am going to take shelter on a mountain. Don't worry about me, Baba, you go on. I'm going to take shelter on a mountain. <laughs> How high is this flood going to go anyway? At the end of the day, this mountain will be able to save me from this, uh, you know, uh, this, the, 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 these waves and, and this rising tide of the ocean. He responded to his son, you don't know what you're dealing with, son. No one can protect you from the command of Allah, except only that person who is under the mercy of Allah. And you're not going to be under the mercy of Allah if you stay there. And as he's speaking, a huge massive wave came and it separated father from son right in the midst of the conversation and he became from amongst the drowned ones he didn't just drown he went drowned right into hell so now Nuh is asking you know, his, his, his uh, Lord this is a really really powerful verses you know really powerful verses Allahu Akbar he asks uh, Allah Azza wa Jal the, after he, uh, they come to Mount Judi, called out to his Lord, My son, my son, he's from my family, please. Can you fit him in? Can you let him in? I know he, died, he, he drowned, but he's my son. And what have I got to show? 950 years of rentless doubt for the sake of Allah. 950 years. We tell you, said, he's a long-standing community service he's done. Right? He's been, mashallah, serving the masjid in the community for how many? 20 years, 30 years, 40, 50, 60? No, not more than 60. Not more than 70. Here you have, you have a man of 900 years doing dawah. 900 years doing dawah. Can I please let, have my son with me? 
and he's in Nabi min ahli wa inna wa'adaka al-haqq wa anta ahkam al-hakimin what is the response from Allah qala ya nuh oh nuh innahu laysa min ahlik he is not from your family he is not from your family don't say that innahu amalun ghayru salih indeed his actions were not righteous were not good unacceptable fala tas'alni ma laysa lak bi ilm Allah reprimanded him do not ask me about what you have no knowledge of Inni a'iduk, I advise you. Look at the look at who Allah is speaking. I advise you from becoming from amongst the ignorant ones. Ignorant is means disbelievers, those who are headed towards the displeasure of Allah. I I, I, I advise you from going in that direction. So what we learned so many points from here. One is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He has full control over Hidayat. And Allah will give it to whomsoever He wishes, when, whenever He wishes. And He will deprive whomsoever He wishes, howsoever He wishes. No one can claim anything. And if you, if you talk too much, you will also lose whatever you have. If you, if you try to think you can criticize, object, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take it away from any one of us. I was trying to, I was just read in, in, in this dunya, someone has now been sentenced to a couple of years in jail. I was reading, so I'm a citizen of here in another country. Because they had a fight at the rental car company, at the airport, we're returning the car over some issue. And they insulted, he got mad and insulted, you know, we have this American exceptionalism problem. So he insulted, and subhanAllah, now they're sitting, Saturday, and they're sitting in jail. For this, how dare you insult an employee of our, and a citizen of our country. In this, this dunya, you can do that. Imagine Allah, what he, can He do? If Allah gets angry, what can He do to you and I? That's why we have no option to criticize. We cannot criticize. It's simply, I mean, think of an example. When you, have, when you, when you are lined up, I mean, I know this is maybe not the best example, but subhanAllah, a person lined up in a prison and people are being executed left and right. With, 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 and they're all lined up, the prisoners. And the pr- prison warden says, today, you know, I'm going to choose to execute one and leave the other, whoever I wish. And at that time, if a person speaks up too loud and says something out of line, what are the chances of survival? You're complaining about him, you're going to be next. We're talking about hidayah. We have to make lots and lots and lots of dua for hidayah for us and for our children. But subhanAllah, if a person sees that someone's son or daughter has been deprived of hidayah, someone's parent is deprived of hidayah, we cannot get angry at Allah. Cannot get angry. We have no... All we can do is increase in our... Humility and begging of Allah. Ya Allah, please, please, I beg you. I beg you that, <clears throat> that, I, that you give hidayah to my children or to my parents or my siblings and so forth. And uh, there is no chance of us making our way through haughtily. You know, Sina Zori and you know, Sina Tankar Chalna, you can't do that with Allah Azza wa Jal. You cannot say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up for my rights. It doesn't work like that. If you want anything from Allah's court, you're going to get it through humility and humbleness. So this is what this ayah teaches us. That hidayah does not get inherited. Money gets inherited, hidayah doesn't get inherited. You have to make lots of effort. Our parents have to make efforts, our children have to make effort. Don't take it for granted that your mom and dad have hidayah, that you're going to get it. Or that you apparently are following the deen, that your kids are going to get it. We have to make tons of effort for it. And then beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it gets passed down. And Allah Azza can pull the plug anytime. That's another story, another thing we learn from there. What do we learn from this? That the lineage of the prophets is not based on blood, it's based on 
deen. So any, any, uh, uh, any muahid and believer in the Prophet, he is a spiritual child of the Prophet. And the Prophet may not have uh, blood children, if they're all disbelievers. But he can have spiritual children. Alright? So this is what we, what we learn from here. Another thing what we learn from Musa and Nuh story, the connection. We're talking about Rabt here, right? Connection. Why Allah mentioned these two back to back. Is that Musa and Nuh story, they are an example and a manifestation of Allah's greatness. That Allah used the very same power of nature to save the Prophet and to destroy his nation. And the same, not only the same one in both cases, but the same one for the Prophet and the same one for the nation. And what power is that? Water. That water was used for Musa salam to gain salvation. Because if it was the water that separated him, when he, he and his nation, Bani Israel, ended at the ocean, and in the, the, the sea, and Fir'aun with his armies coming behind, what did they say? Inna lamudrakun. We're caught. And obviously, that's what it seems like. You have the sea in front of you, you have the army behind, you're caught, you are caught. But Musa salam said something that belies the five senses. Belies what he sees by his eye, what the nation sees with their eyes, what the haqaiq are, the reality. The reality is we are caught. But his answer is, we're not caught. Kalla, never. How never? He says, Inna ma'ya rabbi sayahdeen. Indeed, with me is my Lord who shall guide, guide me. My Lord is going to get us a way out. What is that? He wasn't speaking on the basis of what he saw with his eyes. He wasn't, seeing, he wasn't speaking on the basis of his interaction with the waqi' or hal, what the current situation was. He was speaking with the nur of iman. His nation didn't have that iman, that level. They were in their believers, but they didn't have that level of iman. They were... Judging the situation based on what meets the eye. And so you've heard this before already. The Nabi Musa, he said, Rabbi. And when he came to how many thousands of Bani Israel was with him, he didn't say, Rabbana. Indeed, with us is our Lord. He didn't say that. He said, Indeed, with me. And then the flip side of it, you don't have thousands of ummatis, you have one ummati, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in the cave, in the night of hijrah. And the Meccans are literally feet away. They, all they have to do is they look down, the cave is looking at up them. They're on top, the cave, the opening of the cave is towards them. They literally have to look at their feet, and their eyes will fall upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Right there. Done. Nubuwat over. The whole Ummah Muhammadiyah done. The first, the, the Nabi and his first in command, both dead. That could have happened. They were seconds away from it. And he tells him, he, if Nabi consoles Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, and he says, لا تحزن, don't grieve, إن الله معنا. Indeed, Allah is with both of us. Us. Ma'ana means us. Allah didn't, he didn't say Allah is with me. Look at the difference between this Ummah and the previous Ummah. Right? That over there, thousands of Bani Israel. But Musa says, Allah is with me. Here, one ummati with Rasulullah And he says, indeed Allah is with us. This ummah is very special. Honestly, it's very special. Because we have the best, the most, the most special of prophets. And we are tasked to do with what the prophets do. Of inviting people towards good. Continuously, even after he has gone. 
and forbidding from evil even after he is gone. The message of prophethood remains. So Musa salam, with that basira and foresight of iman, he said, we're not caught. And hence, I also want to add a point over here. As we come in the era of fitna now, fitna, what's happening this weekend and what we're witnessing is a huge fitna. Fit, all right? And it's, 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 we talked about last week about how difficulties will arise. These fitn are, are here to stay for some time. As we ask Allah Azza wa Jal for nusra and help, and through our afkar, through our du'as, through our financial help, through our, uh, you know, all our political means, whatever we can, we'll get involved and we speak. And, and, and we do dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we need to understand that the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is seriously, is still, still always would be with the believers. Although it doesn't seem like it at times. Because why? Our very own, our very own Muslim countries do not support us. Our very own, not, you know, you'll fi- barely find one or two who'll stand up and actually not just make a, 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 a hollow statement, but will do something. So now an average Muslim in high school, college, he says, what is this man? What's the point of being a Muslim anymore nowadays? You get bombarded from every direction, you get beaten up from every direction, and then all the leadership and the thousands of, of soldiers and the thousands of arms that are apparently belonging to Muslim countries are of no benefit. What's the point? I'm done. There are weak Muslims who will leave Islam because of this and because of what's coming forward. Now you have to have that same level of imani basirat, the way Nabi Musa spoke and the way Rasulullah spoke, that you know what? Allah is with us. And Allah will guide us no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how challenging it looks, no matter how bad the odds are stacked up against us. But we firmly believe there's no point, there's no way we will waver in our conviction. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said this in the Quran, subhanAllah in Surah Safat. وَلَقَدْ سَبَقَتْ كَلِمَتُنَا لِعِبَادِنَا الْمُرْسَلِينَ Indeed, our statement, our command has already been written, has already been dried up in the books of Loha Mahfuz, has already been ordained. Our speech, meaning our decree, has been set in stone. The stone can wash away through continuous water of hitting against it. But what Allah has written in the Loha Mahfuz, nothing can change it. And Allah says, Indeed, our decree has been solidified. What is that? For our, for our sent messengers, So much emphasis. Inna is for emphasis. Lam is for emphasis. Addition of whom for emphasis. Indeed, they are the ones who will be assisted. And indeed, our army will be the one that will be victorious. Quran is saying this. Who can be more truthful than Allah? Right? You will be on the top as long as you are believers. Allah Azza has promised assistance and help. But look at Nuh story. Where did the help come? First day, second day, one year, two years, three years, ten, day, ten years? No, my friends, not even ten decades. Almost nine centuries later. That's just the way how Allah works in this dunya. Things take time. Musa alayhi salam, tabbarna, dammarna hum tadmira, that we just read here, fa dammarna hum tadmira. Ulama say, if tafsir, that Musa and Harun, they, at the end of after trying, 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 they made dua, Ya Allah, please destroy Fir'aun. Two prophets are making dua and saying ameen to each other's dua. The scholars of tafsir say, after qad ujibat da'watukuma, that verse was revealed, that indeed your two dua, your duas, O Musa and Harun, has been accepted. 
the ulama of tafsir right in, in, in the 11th Jews here that after Allah told his prophets that their dua is accepted it took full 40 years before actually Fir'aun was killed this is how this dunya works don't expect everything must happen one night one second so oh how come it's not happening forget it let me go start knocking on another door you're a fool if you do that there's only one door you have to knock it's Allah's door all the time for every situation at home outside or in the international scene always only knock on one door Allah is the only what you cannot don't expect any other door to knock imagine you got locked out of your own house you know what I'm trying to say what would happen what would you say right would you go say khalas let me just move into another house because my door is not opening what is that supposed to mean you'll find a way to get into your own house that's your house there's only one door you have to knock and that's a door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we see going back to the story of Musa alayhi salam and I was saying that we require this level of conviction because the ummah will tell you when Dajjal comes and the Dajjal fitan will come that it's over leave Islam look at how AI and fake news and fake videos if you may have heard how they have uh, flooded the internet completely false things taken out of computer games taken out of video games taken out of different countries and placed together false lies are being fabricated about what Muslims have done etc to fuel even more anger more rage and a legitimization of a further onslaught and further destruction and annihilation or an effort to annihilate the Muslims so this is all part of the Dajjali effort. What is Dajjal? What is Dajjal means? Right? It, it is fabrication. It is misconception. It is misrepresentation. That's what Dajjal is. What you're seeing right now in the news is Dajjal. So in the face of the biggest Dajjals that are yet to come, you and I need to know not to believe what we hear. Not to believe what meets our, the eye. Not to believe what your five senses tell you. Not to believe what those around you will tell you. But to have belief in what Allah and His Rasul have promised. That's not easy. That's why that this test has been called the most difficult test. If you just look around and listen to everything that's told to you, and you say, over, it's over. Khalas, let's leave Islam. That's exactly what most of the people will do. At those times. They'll say, it's the, the days of Allah and Rasulullah are over. Now it's the day of Dajjal. This is what we have to follow. It's not going to be an easy day. Because everywhere you look, all the billboards, all the phones, all the media, all the electricity, all the lights, all the water, everything will be in one major control. And they can turn it on and off as they wish. You see what's happening in Gaza? Of course, of the, of the full control of the entire area. A time will come, Allah knows best, I am just speculating, that every single house will become like that. Where you have full access through, we get excited about smartphones and smart houses and smart this and smart, oh mashallah, I can open up my garage from the other end of the world. I can turn on my dishwasher from work. I can turn on my dish, uh, you know, washing machine from here and there. We get all excited about these smart homes and everything. Where is this going? We're getting excited about Alexa and excited about Google. Honestly, it is not something, I don't get excited, honestly. It gives me the creeps when I see all this stuff. It, it you know, makes me really afraid of where this is headed where you have complete control. Your views are not consistent. Guess what? Your fridge is shut today. Done. We shut the electricity, shut the water, shut your own, un you can't even unlock your own door. Because why? You have uttered something. Everything has been recorded. You've uttered something that goes against what is acceptable. Now they are, right? Why not? Just imagine. Just now they are proposing, a, 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 you know, one of the ministers in UK said, waving, just waving the Palestinian flag and say free Palestine should maybe regard as, an, as a statement of, you know, terror. 
Think about that. That this could be uh, you know, something that could be send a person to prison. A flag. Or simply saying, free Palestine. Allah protect us. Allah protect the ummah. Where are we headed? So at that time for a person to say, that no, I'm going to stand and say, believe in what's right and not get phased with, and go with the rest. Because the rest, your lights go off, your water goes off, your heat goes off, your door is locked. Come on, man, forget this. That's what the majority will response will be. But there will be a small group of people who will say, we don't care what's happening. We will stand up and, 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 and practice the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the victory of Allah with, will be with us eventually. That's what they will say. But is that going to be easy to say that? No. That's why you have to have this level of yaqeen that these prophets had. That look at what's ha- don't look at what's happening, just believe in the, in the verses of, of, of the Qur'an. So we saw that water that saved Musa. If the water was not there, the, it would not have been a barrier between him and Fir'aun. It turned into sand, he walked over, instantaneously turned back into water. And Fir'aun's like, oh, now we're stuck, what should I do? So that saved him. And then that same, very, very same water, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then turned it into you know, onto sand and Fir'aun's like, oh, uh, do you not see how the, the river, uh, the, uh, how the river is, uh, the, the sea is welcoming me? Chalo, come, come, come. They were, I told you all I was God. Look at this, how this is welcoming me. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed them to walk and walk until the, every last person was deep into the sea. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one button, huh, one second, changed it from sand back to where it was, the ocean. This, these are not fake stories. This is the reality. That same water, minutes ago saved Musa, minutes later destroyed Fir'aun. Now look at Nuh Salam's story. Nuh Salam was able to, there was no ships before that. And now he's building a ship on land. That's why people don't understand. Like, what are you doing with this? And they laughed and mocked at Nuh Salam, as mentioned in, in the Quran. And so he said, don't mock at us. Why are you mocking at us? And then he says, okay, if you're going to mock, Guess what? A day will come where we will have the last laugh. We'll mock at you the way you're mocking with us to, at us today. And so they're they, you're gonna really you're gonna have a ship, uh, an ark on land and see what are you guys what are you doing? Because little did they know that that land was gonna become sea very soon. So that ship, that water saved Nuh Salam's nation. He was able to get out of that area, and then as soon as he left, then that water of course took over and destroyed all of them. Same creation. So this story of Musa and Nuh salam is telling Rasulullah and all of us. Of course, Rasulullah knows, but to give him strength. That when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to destroy someone or nation, He will destroy at his, and according to His schedule, at His appointed time, in a manner that He wishes. Don't you worry how He does it. It could be the very way people use, whatever people use for their protection, He may use that, he may use that very same Source of protection as a source of destruction. Because Allah will strike on His own accord. You just do what's right. Don't give up. And don't say, why is this not happening? Why is this not happening? SubhanAllah, I think these ayats are very powerful for us to listen to now as well. Look at how it is. It's as though it's been revealed for us. It's though it's been revealed for us and our, our current circumstances. Right? This is what's the beauty of the Quran. When you study it, you see how it's corrected. What is the only condition? Is if you want success, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِنَّ جُنْدَنَا Indeed, our army, لَهُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ Are gonna be successful. So you have to remain in Allah's army. If you choose to switch sides, then you're not gonna win. You have to stay within Allah's army. And in order to stay in Allah's army, you have to have sunnah in your life. You have to have sunnah. The, the uniform of Muhammadi, you have to wear it.
If you switch, take off that uniform, then done. Then you go on the other sides. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Listen, the army and the party of Allah must succeed, will become victorious, and the army of shaitan will definitely be, will lose. Uhud is happening. Rasulullah is present. He has 50 warriors and archers set at Jabal Rumat. He tells them, stay there, no matter what happens. Even if you see the vultures coming down eating the, the, the bodies of your dead sahaba, dead companions, don't you descend. Stay there. But they misunderstood, mis, you know, mistakes happened, this, that. Some of them move forward, the other ones move forward. And then the Amir stayed there. The rest of them went down. And they suffered. They all died. A prisoner, 70 prisoners of war, 70 sahaba, and Rasulullah himself got hurt. What happened? Even though Nabi Sallallahu was there, Allah could have easily stopped it. But wanted the ummah to learn a lesson. That if you leave the command of your Nabi and the sunnah of your Nabi, even if your Nabi is present there, I'm not going to help you. So imagine if your Nabi is not there and you leave the sunnah of your Nabi, how do you think you're going to get the assistance? The sad reality is, as much as we're getting pounded all over the globe, in Afghanistan with 2,000 plus dead. In Libya with 15, 20,000 died two weeks ago. In Morocco, thousands died. And now in Gaza, of course, thousands. But is, are the, all the liquor stores of the Muslims closing? Are the nightclubs of the Muslims closing? Are all the women starting wearing hijab? Are all the men start rushing to the masjid? Honestly, this is the real hard question we have to ask ourselves. When are we going to wake up? Like, what will it take? How much more suffering? How much more bloodshed? How much more slaughtering will it take to wake us up? This exactly, it's like we don't, it's as though we're living in a vacuum, as though we don't read the news, as though we don't hear anything. Is that there's no change. If you know what's happening, if you realize what's happening, if your heart is in pain, then let it translate into actions. Let it translate into actions that, Ya Allah, what's happening with the ummah? Let me now start coming to the masjid. I wasn't coming before. Let me start sitting there and doing dhikr. Let me start making dua. Let me start reading the Quran. That change should happen in the world. Unfortunately, we see it's not happening. You look at it in India. Same thing. The Muslims are going through so much problem. But life is normal. The people who are living their luxurious life, enjoying, or people are in poverty too. Life is normal. People are suffering. Yeah, but how are the masjids filling up? No, they're not. For the generally, unfortunately, the ummah is sleeping. This is where Allah Azza wa says, okay, if, you not, if you're not going to follow the sunnah, you're not going to come to deen, then you're not part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's army. Right? This is a, a really important point for us to understand that you know, talk is cheap. I care about the ummah. Okay, but what are you doing about it? What do you care about it? The, if you want the help of Allah, it's, it's, it's not like Allah left you in the dark. Allah left, didn't leave me in the dark. Allah Azza wa has made it very clear. The help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come when we have the deen. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let me quickly wrap up over here. Allah now this beautiful description we did was on why Nuh Musa salam's nation has been mentioned here. Hopefully that was insightful. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then quickly mentions the other nations as well. Aad, Thamud, Ashab, Ras. One interesting thing about Ashab al-Ras, some ulama have said Ashab al-Ras were actually a nation that was similar to Lut salam in their actions, but it was women. That it was women who were leading a life of fuhsh and desires, like the men were doing so in Lut salam's nation. Uh, and many other generations that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we had the same, same system for all of them. We gave, we gave you examples of all of them, that we sent prophets, they belied the prophets, and then every single one of them was shattered. Um, you know, into pieces after they decided to leave out uh, the message or uh, turn their backs to the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's prophets. And then Allah says that even the Meccans, what's wrong with you? You pass by Sodom 
on your trips to Syria, Sham. You pass by them in the morning and the evening. Do you not ponder? The same thing goes to us. As we see the forces of nature pounding upon the Muslims throughout the globe and enemies of Allah pounding upon the Muslims throughout the globe. Do you not ponder? Do you not reflect? Like, how are we different? Seriously. How are we different? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling the mushrikeen of Mecca, you pass by entire nations that I demolished and destroyed because they didn't listen to the message of my Prophet. Why are you doing the same? We're seeing how people are being destroyed left and right. Why are we not filling up the masjid for salah? Why are we not here for, 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 our, for sending our children to the maktab, uh, getting our children connected to the Qur'an, starting reading Qur'an at home, start doing dhikr at home, getting our women and, and encouraging them to, to start dressing appropriately, getting the men to dress appropriately, wear hijab, stopping this haram relationship between boys and girls, protecting our sons and daughters from falling into haram. God, by when are we going to wake up? Honestly, when are we going to wake up? I was telling this to, to the boys today, earlier in the morning. I said, every time you have a desire to sin or to look at haram, listen to haram, just go, go pull up on Twitter and go, go online. Just see the, 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 you know, the path of destruction that is happening, that is, that is left behind in, 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 uh, in Afghanistan right now with kids, bodies upon bodies and bodies upon bodies of women, children, entire villages destroyed. And then of course, the continuous assault, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of attacks per night that are happening as we speak. Full blown out destruction that is happening in Gaza. And read that, just, just watch that. You won't be, hopefully you won't have to look at it for more than 45 seconds to wake you up into your senses, to say, how are you spending your night sinning? How are you spending your day sinning? How are you wasting your time when this is what's happening? Get off that phone, get off whatever you're doing, do fresh wudu, go pray two rakat salah, and pray your Isha if you haven't, pray your Fajr if you haven't, pray your Dhuhr if you haven't, pick up the Mus'haf of the Qur'an if you haven't read, picked up Qur'an all day. Do something good. Right? Look at what people of our, of, of our background, of our ethnicity, of our deen, what they, are, what they are going through. Hopefully this will be a wake-up call. So this is, أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal is not just speaking to the Quraysh of, Mac, uh, of Makkah, He's speaking to us as well. And He says, بَلْ You know why they don't take effect? Because they don't even believe in Akhirah. It really speaks volumes about the weakness of our Iman. Do you really believe in Akhirah? O Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam? Do you really believe that you and I are going to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment? If that's the case, how can we not? How can, how can the events of today and, 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 and in, this, in this era that we're living in not yani, push us? It needs to push us. So what I've asked people, you've seen, I've shared it with some people as well. I said one very tangible thing. We've been pushing, pushing salawat since salutation on the Prophet ﷺ. This will bring the mercy of Allah. This will bring the forgiveness. This will bring blessings. We've been talking about it for the past three weeks. We have our 25 million goal. Now Sira conference is coming four days from now on Saturday night. We want to be, we want to have a collective dua. I want you, if you haven't, if you haven't done like a solid amount, five, ten thousand, utilize these four days that we have. It's the month of Rabiul Awal, of course, as well. But it's, but it's, but don't just do it because it's Rabiul Awal. Don't just do it because it's a Sira conference, and don't just do it because of the, because of the Gaza circumstances or Afghanistan circumstances. But do it because you and I need Allah every day. We don't need to have these calamities to get the help of Allah. We need Allah's help every night, every single day. So I implore all of you who are listening to me to please on the way out, please, please take cards with you. Right? Now make this commitment. If you haven't started, do it. Four days, try to do two, three thousand a day. Just do it in your car. Stop listening to the news in the car. Stop being on your phone in the car. Just on the train, wherever you are, I promise you, we can easily do it. There are children who are doing 20, 25,000 a day. Here in Darussalam, little Hifs class kids, Maktab kids, Sunday school kids, Alam course kids, right? 20, 30,000 a day. You can, I can do it. If you've got an hour in the train every day, 
two hours, you've got flights, you've got airports, you've got you know, coming back from home and stuck in traffic. You can. It's just simply our mind's not going towards that. Shaitan, 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 mal'oon in our nafs is make us busy with everything besides the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just imagine if our community, hundreds, two hundred families here, their tongues are moist in the remembrance of Allah. We're doing salawat, we're doing istighfar. Just imagine what type of mercy of Allah will come. Not on this, only in this community, but the ummah at large. That's what we need. We need an awakening. These events should truly awaken us towards coming towards back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reviving the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So I implore all of you to please, on the way out, pick up those cards. Make sure they're passed out. And number two is this Sira conference that's here Friday. Maybe you weren't planning to come. Maybe you weren't planning to come. But now you know. It's happening Friday after Isha it starts. Just 24 hours. That's all it is. If those of you listening to me online, if you can afford a ticket, purchase a ticket and come. If you can afford to drive, come. Drive and come. It will be well worth your time. It will be well, 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 well worth your time. We're speaking about the miracles of, Rasul, of, of the Qur'an. Miracles of Rasulullah And this is a time for us to speak about miracles because the ummah needs a miracle. If you don't believe in miracles, why is Allah going to send a miracle? And that's it. Today, don't, people don't believe in miracles. With this whole theme of this year's Sira conference is going to be about, about the miracles of, of Rasulullah wasallam. So I request you, inshallah, to join us for that. And as has been mentioned uh, in the past, we have our first women's parallel conference taking place. Also exact same time, led by 10 female scholars of Darussalam. This is amazing opportunity for our girls, our daughters, to witness female scholarship. Female scholarship. For them to say, oh, this is who I can become when I grow up. This is how I can serve the deen. Our girls need to see role models. So I encourage you to make sure all the women who are hearing, you please come with your daughters, come with your sisters to the first women, exclusive sister Sierra conference, Friday again after Isha, and Saturday from 10 a.m. till 10 p.m. This is also our Quran night. So we're going to have Quran from coming from Canada, local Quran as well. Inshallah, it will be a very beautiful night. There is no cost for it. Uh, if you want to sponsor the dinner, I encourage you to please contact me or any one of us, inshallah, or text message the masjid number. It's going to be a free dinner uh, for everyone like we usually do. But of course, there are costs for that to feed, uh, you know, 1,000, 1,500 people uh, on, uh, mashallah, on such a blessed occasion. So I, if you are able to uh, pitch in for that, please do so. And I also request you to please register masjidds.org uh, forward slash silaconf. Uh, as well so that we can make proper arrangements there are sleeping arrangements here on Friday night and Saturday night for those brothers from out of town who are coming here and need to do i'tikaf inshallah there are arrangements here additionally there is a hotel you can book from our website everything is available here the entire detailed schedule who's speaking what on what topic all of that alhamdulillah is available on our, on our website so go there inshallah uh, and, 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 and join us for that I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to inspire all of us to increase in our salawat and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to feel the pain of the ummah. Allow us to not just feel the pain, but allow that pain to allow us to wake up and stay away from sin. And allow us to uh, you know, do one action, one action that we are not doing. Maybe start coming to the masjid. Maybe start reading more Quran. Maybe start wearing the hijab. Maybe start wearing proper hijab. Maybe start wearing appropriate clothing. Maybe stop listening to music. Maybe stop watching movies. Maybe stop listen, watching other haram stuff. Maybe stop our addiction from, and you know, us unsubscribe from Netflix and unsubscribe from Hulu and some other, other random stuff that we have a habit of just wasting our time. That's one big achievement. Ya Allah, I do this for you. For, for whatever's happening in Gaza, whatever's happening in Afghanistan, khalas, from today, I make toba from wasting my time watching YouTube shorts and TikTok. Honestly, I ask you all to do that. Mate, that's one step you can do for the sake of Allah. To attract Allah's mercy. You think Allah's mercy is coming when we sit there watching TikTok? When we watch these shorts? When we watch movies? Allah's mercy is coming? Of course not. 
Allah Azza's anger is coming. We see that anger manifested all over the globe. We need Allah's mercy, brothers. We can't afford to have Allah on the opposite side. We'll never win this battle. We'll never win this battle. We can never win this battle. We have to have Allah on our side. And Allah is not going to come on our side if we're indulged in sin. Looking at haram, listening to haram, thinking of haram, indulging in haram, you know, purchasing haram, selling haram, all these things will not happen. And we're not going to get the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like that. So uh, let's make this a moment of tawbah. And, and inshallah, today, we did last week Q&A. Let's do some dhikr to this today. And then we'll end with a dua, inshallah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, okay. So praying for a praying for a prayer person who passed away <laughs> is acceptable. But praying to the person who's passed away is obviously not acceptable. Right? You're praying to the person who died, that's never gonna be permissible. Praying for the person who passed away, that's fine. Right? That's uh, rewarding as well. <laughs> you can do the dhikr softly or you can do it uh, audibly. And you know, you don't have to do it in unison together. We just we just a moment for us to spend a couple minutes doing dhikr inshallah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sallallahu ala Muhammad 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 sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه 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 وسلم استغفر الله 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 الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم انت السلام والسلام وبارك على هذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا احد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد اللهم يا حنان يا منان يا بديع السماوات والارض يا ذا الجلال والاكرام والعزه التي لا ترام اللهم انا اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاه تنجينا بها من جميع الاحوال والافات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك على درجات وتبلغنا بها اقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياه بعد الممات انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم لك الحمد حمدا دائما مع دوامك ولك الحمد حمدا خالدا مع خلودك ولك الحمد حمدا حتى ترضى ولك الحمد حمدا اذا رضيت اللهم اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في امرنا وثبت اقدامنا وانصرنا على قوم الكافرين اللهم ربنا ربنا افرغ علينا صبرا وتوفنا مسلمين ربنا افرغ علينا صبرا وتوفنا مسلمين اللهم ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنه للقوم الظالمين ونجينا برحمتك من قوم الكافرين اللهم ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنه للقوم الظالمين ونجينا برحمتك من قوم الكافرين اللهم ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنه للقوم الظالمين ونجينا برحمتك من قوم الكافرين اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب اللهم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما اللهم رب ارحمهما كما ربيني صغيرا 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 
اللهم في الحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وانثانا اللهم نحييت منا فاحيا على الاسلام ومن توفيته منا فتوفوا عن الايمان اللهم اشفنا واشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشفنا واشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشفنا واشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشفهم شفاء كاملا دائما عاجلا مستمرا نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفينا يشفي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم يشفي مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وانثانا اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اغفر لامتي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ما تقدم من ذنبها وما تاخر وما اسرت وما اعلنت اللهم ارحم امتي محمد اللهم تجاوز عن امتي محمد اللهم اكرم امتي محمد اللهم انصر امتي محمد اللهم انصر امتي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم وحد صفوف المسلمين اللهم وحد صفوف المسلمين اللهم وحد صفوف المسلمين اللهم اجمع كلمه مع الحق المبين اللهم اجمع كلمه مع الحق المبين اللهم اجعل كلمه مع الحق المبين اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين واحفظ الاسلام والمسلمين وانصر الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم من اراد بالاسلام والمسلمين خيرا فوفقه لكل خير ومن اراد بالاسلام والمسلمين شرا فاجعل كيده في نحره فاجعل كيده في نحره اللهم نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذك من شرورهم اللهم انا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذك من شرورهم اللهم انا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذك من شرورهم اللهم انا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذك من شرورهم اللهم ارنا قدرتك في اعدائك واعداء الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم ارنا قدرتك في اعدائك اعداء الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم ارنا قدرتك في اعدائك اعدائك اعداء الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم اصلح بيننا اللهم اصلح ذات بيننا اللهم الف بين قلوبنا واصلح ذات بيننا وانصرنا على من عادانا وعاد الاسلام والمسلمين وانصرنا على من عادانا وعاد الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصرنا على من عادانا وعاد الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم يا حي يا قيوم اللهم يا حي يا قيوم احفظنا من بين ايدينا ومن خلفنا وعن ايماننا وعن شمائلنا ومن فوقنا ونعوذ بك من ان نقتال من تحت اقدامنا اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم اجعلنا مخلصين لك في كل ساعه اللهم اجعلنا من مخلصين واجعلنا من المخلصين اللهم اجعلنا من المخلصين واجعلنا من المخلصين اللهم اجعلنا من المخلصين واجعلنا من المخلصين او الله وي اسك يو تو اكسبت اور ذكر اور دعاء او الله وي اسك يو تو اكسبت وات ايفر واز شيرد اند اند هيرد توداي او الله او الله وي اسك يو الله تو اولويز الاو اس تو هير واتس رايت الاو اس تو ساي واتس رايت اند او الله الاو اس تو براكتس اند واتس رايت او الله سيف اس فروم سيينغ واتس رونغ هيرينغ واتس رونغ براكتسينغ واتس رونغ او الله جرانت اس ا ديب لوف اند انديرستاندينغ اوف ذا قران الاو اس تو سي ذا سوليوشنز اوف ذا وورلدز بروبلمز ثرو ذا لايت اوف ذا قران او الله ريموف ذا فيل from our eyes remove the veils from our hearts I'll remove the corks from our ears oh Allah allow us to see right as right allow us to see falsehood as falsehood oh Allah we ask allow the entire ummah at this time and, 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 and in the future years to be, to, to be united on the truth allow them all ya Allah to be saved from following their desires oh Allah I'll save us from the, being blindfolded by our desires save us from blindfolded from our desires oh Allah allow us to make our desires ya Allah subservient to the deen that your Nabi brought ya Allah Oh Allah, allow us to revive sunnah in our lives. Allow us to revive sunnah in our lives. Allow us to revive sunnah in our lives. Oh Allah, allow the situation around the world to make a wake-up call for the Muslims across the globe. Allow us to repent in, in droves. Allow us to fill up the masajid in droves. Allow us to leave sin in droves. Allow us to give up sin in droves. Oh Allah, allow us to become followers, staunch followers of sunnah of the Prophet Allow us to improve our character with one another. Allow us to improve our, improve our akhlaq. Allow us to improve our mu'amalat and financial dealings. Oh Allah, whatever haram any one of us in our loved ones is involved in, we ask you, we beg you, Ya Allah, to allow us to refrain from the haram, to repent from the haram, to hate the haram, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to not allow shaitan to deceive us, do not allow our nafs to deceive us, Ya Allah. We ask you, Ya Allah, <coughs> protection from becoming victims of our nafs and shaitan. Oh Allah, have mercy upon the, 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 the Allah, the innocent children, have mercy upon the widows, and have mercy on 
The disabled ones, have mercy on the sick ones. Oh Allah, have mercy on the thousands and the millions who are crying at night, Ya Allah. All those who are mavloom and who are crying out to you for help, Ya Allah. All those who are suffering natural disasters are crying out to you, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, that those are of course accepted people. We have full, full, full hope that they're all shuhada and that before their blood touches on the ground, their souls have already reached paradise. Oh Allah, we have that conviction. Oh Allah, oh Allah, but what, Ya Allah, through their tears, through their blood, we ask you to allow the ummah to wake up. Oh Allah, please, through their tears, through their blood, through their suffering, allow the ummah to wake up. Oh Allah, through their destruction of their homes, through the, through the entire villages that have been wiped out. Oh Allah, the immense, Ya Allah, t- uh, destruction across the entire globe in every region the Muslims are going through. Oh Allah, allow that suffering not to be in vain. Oh Allah, allow them to not only enjoy the highest levels of Jannah and never, be, never ever to be tested again in the grave nor in the akhirah, but allow their suffering to also become a means of us enjoying your, your, your happiness. And your wrath from being removed from, the, from, from all of us, Ya Allah. O Allah, allow a revival of deen to take place across the globe and across this country. Allow the young and the old to fill up the masajid. Allow sunnah to become the order of the day. O Allah, allow the seerah conference that's, that's happening, inshallah, in the next few days. Allow it to become the means of attracting the, your mercy. Allow it to become a gathering of hundreds of millions of angels. And allow it to become a means of having the largest amount of salawat done in any gathering across the globe. O Allah, allow this to break the records across the globe in the highest number of salawat and allow it to bring record-breaking mercy of yours allow it to bring Ya Allah such mercy that will baffle us Ya Allah such happiness of yours that will baffle us such assistance of yours that will baffle us Oh Allah Oh Allah allow, allow droves and droves of people to fill up this institution and this masjid this madrasa on, on Friday and Saturday from across the country allow thousands of people to listen online and allow them all to walk away to be drenched in your mercy Ya Allah Oh Allah allow this mercy to, to be spread from this situation from this institute across the entire globe. Allah, so much mercy to, to descend on this institution. Ya Allah, they'll be sufficient for the forgiveness upon, of, of countries, Ya Allah. And they'll be for, sufficient for the hidayah of countries, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to make this Ya Allah, a markaz, Ya Allah, of khair and hidayah for across the globe, Ya Allah. Allah, oh Allah, allow this to be a central focal point of the attention of your angels, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow the highest of your angels and the best of the best of your angels, Ya Allah, to look favorably on this place and to be ready for its protection from all sorts of Fitan, Ya Allah. Uh, Allah, protect this institution from all internal and external attacks, Ya Allah. Allah, from all internal and external attacks, Ya Allah. Allah, protect this institution, all those who are connected to this institution from the fitna of Dajjal. And all the Dajjali fitnas and the Dajjali shayateen that are roaming around in droves that are setting the stage for the arrival of Dajjal. Oh Allah, allow this institution and those who are connected to this institution, Ya Allah, to become protected, Ya Allah, from that. And for them to not only be protected, for them to clearly see with their own eyes what types of plots and plannings are happening behind the veils. And allow them to be able to expose that. Allow them to be able to, in, to save their children, save their spouses, save their neighbors, save their loved ones across the globe, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, this is not difficult for you. You simply have to give us the power. You simply have to give us that nur in our in our heart to be able to see all this. And then you have to give us the strength to be able to to stand up and to do what is right. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we know the days of difficulty are ahead, but we ask Ya Allah, do not test us more we can handle. Ya Allah, we're very weak, we're very weak, we're very weak. Ya Allah, please, whenever whenever you have chosen to put the ummah to such difficulty that we will not be able to handle, allow us to be taken back from this world, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please do never allow us to live one moment in this world where our deen and iman will be lost, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow us to live and increase our iman day by day, day by day, until we reach the height of our iman, then take us away on that day, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please, Ya Allah, do not allow our iman to be tested. Do not 
not allow the musibah to come into our dunya, Ya Allah, or our deen. Allah, but most importantly, Ya Allah, please protect our deen, Ya Allah. Protect our deen, Ya Allah. Never put us into circumstances where we start second-guessing ourselves whether to stay on the deen or leave the deen, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we, are, we, are, we beg you, Allah, to give strength to the ummah to stand firm on the deen, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, whatever permissible desires and needs all of us have, our loved ones have, those who are listening, those who will listen afterwards. Uh, oh Allah, whatever issues we're going through, we ask you to, through the barakah of this gathering, fulfill all of our needs, take care of all of our issues, grant us all physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, those who are sick from amongst our students, from amongst our staff, from amongst our loved ones and musallis, and our, our, our patrons, we ask you to grant all of them shifa'i kamila ajila mustamira. Oh Allah, shifa, shifa, shifa from spiritual diseases, shifa from physical diseases. Ya Allah, all the rentless attacks that are happening against our masajid, madaris, institutions across the globe, and according against this institution, we ask you to grant victory to all these dini institutions, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, protect all the dini institutions from all these attacks, Ya Allah, of the hasad of the hasidin and the sihar of the sahirin. O oh Allah, from the evil plots and plans of the shayateen from the humans and the shayateen from the jinn, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, we ask you in this moment to grant us all the good that Rasulullah would have asked at such an occasion. And we seek refuge in you from all the evil that the Prophet would have sought refuge in you from, Ya Allah, from, from all that evil. Subhana rabbik rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun al mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Uh, as you are going to enjoy your tea, I want you to let you know that there's brothers every, every Tuesday who have selected books on seerah. Books on seerah that are there. Please take a moment, just pick up and read through some, even if you're not purchasing it, just see what's available. Plus, there are dhikr counters. If you do not have a dhikr counter for you to be able to do three, two, three, four, five thousand dhru sharif, please pick one up or purchase one from the, from the uh, books, book stall outside. Jazakumullah khairah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.